0: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going through another real-life story with Mia Quaglia, a licensed clinical social worker in California, and she's joined by her dog, Benny, too, (laughs) today. (laughs) He's sitting on her (laughs) lap. Thanks for doing this with me,
1: Mia. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly, for for, uh, having me on your wonderful podcasting Benny, yeah, he's a great addition, but he's still seven months old, so you're never quite sure what's going to happen with him. So,
0: so he might have something to add, and that's totally
1: fine. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I am his mother, so I did teach him, I guess.
0: (laughs) uh, That's true. Uh, (laughs) If you, I know you guys can't see me, but she has just. The best smile ever and laugh. That's why I really like being around her. She's such a positive energy. So I'm hoping you guys will feel that today as we go through her story. I've known you a couple years now, I think. Yeah. A couple
1: years. I went to the very first Mac uh-huh. and, um, and you were the one that I got to sit down with and told me how to do the A through Z of getting my practice done. and it was just amazing. And it's, there's been so many good things since then.
0: So let's talk about before the practice. What were you doing? Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good question right off the bat. What was I doing before my practice? Um, well, I was working at, uh, Golden Valley health centers, which is a, um, center for lower socioeconomic class. I, um, Decided to leave my job at the college for about two and a half years because I started working there about three weeks after I graduated.
0: Mm.
1: And I kind of never felt like between that and working in a psychiatrist office, um, you know, in private practice, I never kind of felt like I had given back to the community in a social work way. Mm. So I decided that I would uh, leave there, work at Golden Valley Health Center's which was probably the hardest thing that I ever did in my life, but the most rewarding and, Hmm. but I got crispy.
0: So that was kind of a bad thing. Yeah. I hear that a lot from social workers, right? Like I got into this to work with the underserved. underserved Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but the way in which the kind of environments in which we do that often are the ones that can burn us the fastest.
1: I I really did. Um, you know, <laughs> there were days that I was seeing 13
0: clients mm-hmm. a day. How would you know you were burned out? Like, what were your signs, if you don't wow. mind asking? No, yeah. Um, I really
1: think that that's such a good, important thing. Um, I literally got to the point where I just couldn't – I was getting sick often. Mm-hmm. i was um it was really interesting my body was trying to tell me things too i had to have my gallbladder out during that time i had Ooh. to have a hysterectomy out I mean, oh. I had a hysterectomy during that time
0: so major out. surgery
1: um
0: wait benny is going nuts or something because all i hear is
1: Oh, Benny, he,
0: he sees, he sees a cord. Ooh. He sees a cord and.
1: Well, if it's I better to do it
0: without and... it, we can. If okay. It's, if it's better to do it without it, we can. Like, no, it's fine. Okay. Okay. So the signs you were burned out, what were they? Um, just overly tired. Mm-hmm. So, um, Having to have two surgeries in a
1: matter of two and a half years. That's crazy. Yeah. Um it was affecting my ability to be able to function in an appropriate way. And then just the idea that I would, I was a lot, I think I was like actually kind of going in depression. I was really cheerful yeah. um, in a way, um, but I think I was just darn tired. It's hard.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's exhaustion. Yeah.
1: But mm. literally I had to take six months off Kelly when wow. I, um, and I probably would have taken a year off, uh, but they called me to teach a class in Modesto. And so I kind of felt like, okay, I'll go help. Cause it was like at the last minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just, I was tired.
0: So when's the moment that you decide, or is there a moment? I don't know. How did it happen that you were like, I'm going to go into private practice?
1: Um, so Divorce, divorce happened. Um, I hadn't hadn't passed my test. I took the test three times. Didn't pass the first two times by one point.
0: Welcome to the one point club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should have a
0: group <laughs> <laughs> The winners. <laughs> the winners, Miranda's like I failed by one point, but then I got notified that I didn't fail. I know. I was like, Dang, well, well not- I never got that notification. <laughs> so
1: you go with your bad self. <laughs> guess what? The rest of us had to wait. So that's tough. Um, yeah. So I was taking an exam, but there was a lot of pressure on passing. So when that pressure got taken away, um, I. Just went and took the exam without studying. Pass, uh-huh. boom. Second uh-huh. one, no pass. Boom,
0: nothing. Uh huh. Um, so you took it after you had separated. Is that what you're saying? Like that's yeah. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I knew that we were going through the divorce, and and yes, that's how I decided to do it because. Um, how do you want to say? It? I I was intelligent about the choices that I made before. Our marital settlement agreement was done. Mm-hmm. As you can't show a lot of income, you can't show a lot of what you're, you know, capable of doing. So, um, so he he was the mastermind about having. Ever heard of a Gavron warning? No. So this is a really good thing to know. Um, if your spouse decides that you're not working to your full potential, it's a really old kind of thing. Uh-huh. They can put a gaveling warning on your marital settlement agreement, meaning that at any time they feel, you know, the adversary feels that you are not working to your full potential, that he or she can take you back to court.
0: Uh huh.
1: To, um, well, because I have lifetime alimony. Okay. Uh huh. As long as either one of us don't pass or, uh, or he doesn't lose his job.
0: Uh huh.
1: Or I don't get married. So, um, so if he ever feels like I'm not working to my full potential, he can take me back to court and push me into doing that. Mm -hmm.
0: So for those that are listening that don't know you, I mean, this divorce is a big part of your story and it is also a big part of your work now. It is. It is definitely. Uh, And I think, um, that is common that our stories become part of our art and our craft. Which I never would have thought. I never really? would have thought. Well, when I first met you, you were really focused on play therapy, right? Yeah. I work with children. That's all I really have done. Yes. I remember uh-huh. this.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. I, and that's all I really had done was working with a child psychiatrist. And, you know, of course, when you work with children, you work with families and, and you know, and such. But uh-huh. I'm very focused on children and believe in advocating for children. And I still do. Uh-huh. I still do see them in my my practice, but I happen to have an intern, which, you know, therefore I don't have to see as many. Uh Kind of trying to, you know, give her some because she didn't have a lot of, um, didn't have a lot of uh, experience. So I want her to have that experience.
0: Mm, That's great. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, yeah, this has evolved. You know, (laughs) the idea of using your – using your life story to be able to help other people. Um, I, when I was teaching at Modesto, one of my students says, Hey, miss I was like, Hey, what's up? And she was like, Hey, do you think that you're like going through your divorce so that maybe you can help people in the future? And I was like, wow. Like, I don't even know how to answer that. Could I
0: get back to you on you me? know, in 5 years?
1: <laughs> I, I was like, whoa, I don't know cuz this is still too new. I'm still over here, you know, I I said I was like
0: in survival mode. Um, so, okay, let's go back a little bit. You're going through the divorce, you pass your exams. Yes. I didn't
1: pass my exam until after our medical settlement agreement was done.
0: Okay. And then you pass, but why private practice? Because you could have gotten another job working for a psychiatrist and just staying in that practice, like working for someone else, but in a less taxing environment. Yeah. Why why private practice for you?
1: Um because I think I had or I have a need to have autonomy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I think that I was taught well by the people that I worked with whether it be mentored or or was around that I had the ability plus you know what therapy wasn't my first career
0: uh huh.
1: You know. Good morning. Thank you for calling. You know. So I was a receptionist, and I was a secretary, and I was a paralegal. Uh huh. I was. I mean, I've done so many different jobs that I have a lot of my skill set is large. So I felt confident to be able to to run a business. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. And but it, but it was more the autonomy and being able to do it. And Kelly, in honesty, I think I needed to have that. I needed to know that I could stand on my own two feet.
0: Right. Kind of to be empowered after something that was so difficult. Yeah.
1: And at the time um, I met my boyfriend, you know, I met him. because again, we separated in 13, divorced December 31st of 2015. Um, I met my boyfriend September 2014 and... He was like, me, you know, you have this wonderful degree. Why don't you use it to your full potential? And at first I was kind of, you know, like distorted. I was kind of like, okay, that's rude. (laughs) But he was very encouraging when I had passed my exam. He didn't really understand it so much, but he was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to do chiropractic. And I said, if I'm supposed to do it, I'm going to find... Two offices side by side in either this office complex or this office complex, which are right across the street from each other, and there was two offices there for me.
0: Why that? Why that office? Well, yeah, like why? If, if this is meant to be, it'll be these two offices. Why two or uh, oh, two offices side by side? Uh huh. Because <laughs> one was a
1: play therapy room.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you first got started, what really helped you learn the ropes? Because there's a lot to take in. Um, what kind of helped you with that? What were some things that were important for you? Um, without a
1: doubt, I would not be where I am, I'd be as far as I am. Um, you know, I've had my operation now for a year and a half, which is crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I wouldn't be where I am um, if it wasn't for Mac. Mm. Mac and the tribe that surrounds me because of that—uh-huh—priceless, awesome. I never ever be where I am in
0: so many different ways without that. So, for people that don't know what Mac is, that's most awesome conference. Mia was in the first one. Uh, uh, our first round of it. So. Yeah. So literally I passed my exam in April. That's right. i I'm, I'm recalling <laughs> and this I,
1: Yeah. And I remember talking and, and Miranda was like, I was like, I think I want to come. And she goes, well, basically I know we're not going to stop
0: you. So I guess you better pack your bags. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is something too, I will say about your personality and the way you approach things. And when, um, everybody has their own path, their own way of doing it. And with your personality, you are a very much like seize the day kind of person. In my experience, Mm -hmm. And I'm not surprised you are where you are at all. Like, no, no. No, I told you that the first time I met you, I was like, this is going to take off pretty easily. And I was like, okay. You're like, no, no, I don't know how to put this column on my
1: website. I'm like, that's the least of your problems. Like, I I didn't care about the website. I'm not, I'm not doing it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I you're a go-getter, you know, like, and some people um are kind of have a different pacing and that's fine as well. But you have kind of an energy about you that is, I don't know, just seize the day. Carpe diem.
1: It is. It is. Uh-huh. I hadn't really thought about, I mean, that's pretty much all the way it is. Once I have it I my You know, I used to say once I got st- something stuck in my crawl, I can just, I run with it. Yeah.
0: As long as it makes sense. So when you started the private practice, when you thought like big picture, what were some of the things you envisioned?
1: Um, that it was going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. That I wanted it to be. after <laughs> After I was told how much I was going to be charging by Miss Kelly here, <laughs> I was like, i said okay well i need i would like to have a office that uh, makes you know have people be comfortable have them um not feel like why am i paying the amount that i am um Mm -hmm. um that i wanted it to just be just an all-around welcoming place as I, you know, not so therapeutic, not medical model, just uh, a place where people could feel comfortable um, to come in and, and um, find their space. Mm-hmm, lovely.
0: Did you know that you'd be, I mean, did you imagine taking on an intern and all this? <laughs> <laughs> um, or did that come later?
1: So my intern, Myra, is also... My goddaughter's mom. Uh And um, so I met her when I was an academic counselor at the college. And she was, and she also worked at a restaurant that my ex-husband and I used to go to often as a waitress. And um, I kind of adopted a lot of the waitresses that worked there and kind of helped them through their careers um, the owner secretly says, "Do you realize you're killing me?" But he, <laughs> he, he, would, he would he loved the idea that they were um, going to move on to bigger and better things. So, yes. Um, but she was going to be a nurse when I met her, and she couldn't handle blood. And so I said, "Okay, that probably isn't the greatest uh, career for you career path." And so, therefore, she fell in love with her sociology class and her psychology class and pretty much the rest is history. She got done and she's my intern and she's amazing. It has nothing to do with, um, the fact that, you know, we're, we're practically related now, you know, culturally mm-hmm. it is, um, she, her first year at the hospital locally at employee of the year. Cool. That just doesn't happen. So I was just feel really happy that, you know, I get to have her in my office. She's amazing.
0: Well, but when you open your practice where you're like, I'm going to have interns, I'm going to have other clients, was that even in your mind? No. So I I want to just, like, I like <laughs> this, because sometimes things do just come together.
1: Not sometimes. I would say my story just, mm-hmm. it's. It's that vision and putting the energy, the
0: good energy, well, out you, there. you put work into it. <laughs> this isn't just like, oh, it, it came together. It but true. I think sometimes, for example, I remember thinking, oh, I, I want, I'm gonna have a clinic. <laughs> oh, <that's> so funny. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh no, you know, like I'm good, just me, myself, mm-hmm. um, or whatever. That could come, who knows, that vision can come around again. Mm -hmm. But I think part of the work, the energy you put towards is being open to considering other ideas and possibilities, that flexibility Mm -hmm. aspect. While you're very like focused, there's an element of flexibility. I think that's in. in Well, the flexibility, but also for my mind, you
1: know, um, when you go from a two income family Mm -hmm. yourself, I needed to have that stability for a while. I needed to have the other job. So I was still teaching Mm -hmm. for a period of time. And then I was still working in a psychiatrist's office for a period of time. So I just finished, uh, I quit. Gosh, what month was it? December, November, Mm -hmm. October, probably October.
0: Um, I left. So, okay. Keeping the other jobs it was out of just kind of getting used to or having your business replicate some revenues first and show consistency so you felt secure what <laughs> i honestly think it was for myself i think
1: um i come from a family of we're all safe you know we're we're more of the idea of being safe we're not we don't we're not chance takers so when I went to my father and said, I'm going to start my private practice, he was like, what do you need or how can I help? But it was kind of, it's very foreign because we don't do those things. Mm. Um, I am the first person in my family to graduate from college. So this is, you know, that's, that's new also. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I needed it for myself because, you know, when you go from, having somebody handling all of the financials. Mm. Literally, I didn't get my checkbook back until probably three months until we were divorced. Wow. So, um, and it was, I, okay, this is this is a funny story. It's not funny. It's kind of sad, but it's funny all at the same time. So I bought my first car myself. And when the guy said, hey, um, so can you tell me how much you make, you know, I didn't know what that was. I had to get on the mobile thing and find out what was deposited into my account because mm-hmm. here I was with my three jobs,
0: but I never knew what they actually were paid. Cause you didn't, it, you weren't involved in that. Wasn't involved in it. Didn't. And,
1: um, I, I think I was more at one time, but once I got into education, that was like the least of my worries. And my. Mm-hmm. Ex-husband was very good at that, and I trusted him. Mm-hmm. So, it was really easy to just let him do it. Sure.
0: So, talk, let's talk about then some of the adjustments: like what has been hard about building the practice. Like, I can imagine that is an aspect of relearning or taking on some new roles that you traditionally hadn't had before there right? was a lot kelly when you
1: think about it you know i have about 20 20 bills that i pay every month on, mm-hmm. on average and oh
0: gosh i don't count mine i can't imagine if I <laughs> well 20 yeah. major ones 20 yeah major ones. how's uh-huh. that okay major
1: ones. yeah so you know i went from you know not worrying about having to make a house payment you know rent for my office i mean you just think about all of those different things. Um, and now it's almost like a game. It's like trying to figure out the puzzle pieces. It's like, okay, you know, and as weird as it sounds, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun where it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I need to figure out how I'm going to make X amount of dollars to pay taxes, or I need to figure out how I'm going to make X amount of dollars to cover this. You know, it's just it. And I don't, I mean, at first I was like, okay, this is a little overwhelming. But I just kind of made it kind of a game in my head. Mm-hmm. And when I had that steady income for a while, at least I knew I had that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But once I saw in my private practice that I was reaching the first month that I was making what three thousand more than I had made any other month, I let myself do that for one additional month, and I was like, "It's time to leave the other job." Mhm. And um, I was super tired. I could see that I was working myself too much, and there wasn't a reason. It was actually—I don't know exactly sure whose voice it was at Mac, but I remember it was like, "You need to work. You need to make that money so you don't have to, you know, get the money that you deserve, so you don't have to work so many hours, you know." And then when I actually played it out, I'm like, "This is
0: dumb." hmm
1: Dumb for me to do this.
0: Yeah, I think um it's a common situation. I know I I know when I left the county, it was just sort of this like I actually like I wasn't getting paid, mm-hmm. but I held my position there on my maternity leave extra mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. just in case. Yeah. I don't even know why, but just out of that like is this really happening is this really gonna stick you know um just security um in some regards so, so yeah.
1: you know it's so interesting when you said that and I thought to myself wow I wonder if I would have started my prior practice when I was still technically married what that would have looked I mean I think I honestly at this point I kind of feel like I can survive anything as weird as that sounds but
0: <laughs> know. you know
1: when you're when you're married, as long as I was married, um, when you're with somebody for that long, I don't think we ever plan on getting divorced. Hopefully you don't get married if you think you're going to divorce the person. But um, I kind of feel like uh, it would have been a lot different. And now I have so much more confidence in my abilities in so many different ways. Uh, I love it. I love that I have the independence. I've always been independent. You know, I think you could tell that, but it's a different way.
0: Yeah, I can. So if someone was coming to you saying, "I'm thinking about starting a practice, what would you tell them?
1: I would say you need to surround yourself with people that you can trust and do research and find out what your skill set is. What what kind of experience do you have before you come to to grad school, through grad school? What other things have you learned? What other things have you been exposed to? Um, what is it that you are missing? Um, and whatever it is that you're missing, there's probably others that can either help you with that or you can hire a person to do that. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, when I was at Most often Conference, the website was real important. I just knew I was like, I'm going to have somebody else do my website. It's not going to happen. You know, Miranda was like me, you can do it. I yeah, I, I could have done it, but that wasn't my need. You know, mm-hmm. that was not what I wanted to do. And so um, I'm really glad that she believed in me that I could do it, but I ended up hiring somebody and um, I actually have another website since then. <laughs> and somebody just yesterday goes, I love your website. We want to come see you because we just fell in love with your website. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's looking at my website in Merced. This is so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh... Oh gosh. If you could see the iterations of my websites, you know, like <laughs> it's something that constantly, that's the other thing is like, things change and it's a good thing and it it's like just keeps getting better you know so i think that's great advice i really especially around the surrounding yourself with people that are positive i think knowing i know some of the people in your community and that you surround yourself with and they are all not just believers that um it's possible to be very successful in private practice or in any kind of mental health industry, but they also, um, behave in a way, they take action in a way that demonstrates that belief. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, um, memes on their Facebook wall, but it's also, it's, they walk what their talk. And so, um, I think that that, you know, is good for, to be around other people that are taking action you know,
1: yeah, you know, if you have role models in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not the youngest person in the world, even though sometimes people don't realize that, but I'm not the youngest person in the world. So I've kind of uh, had life experience. So I'm able to use that life experience as well as looking and honoring what other people are doing and and almost you know, looking at them saying, oh, well, I'm going to do the same things in some ways, or maybe I'm going to change something in another way. But without a doubt,
0: my, you know, my tribe is, is amazing. So let's talk about Moving from play therapy to divorce and thrive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to hear that story because, you know, you know this because you're also, I think you're in boot camp as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, people come in and they're like, what's my niche? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, what if I need to change it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you guys, here's Mia who had one niche and now. Yeah. had another. So let's right. talk about that. Like, how do you go from play therapist Child expert <laughs> to, well, you
1: know, I never want to not use, you know, work sure. with the children, but um, I believe it, it's the idea. I, I've always been um, a advocate for women being able to stand on their own two feet, being able to educate themselves or do what they need to do because of the fact that I watched my mom not having the skill set that she needed. Um, after divorcing my father, and so there was a lot of things that I learned from that. Um, you know, having your own credit, having um, an education to, to be able to support yourself. So, um, so saying all of that, uh, I wanted to be able to help women be able to get through the situation. That I, I went through as well. And I feel like maybe there isn't, um, I shouldn't say that there isn't, I, I just want to be involved in being able to help others with what I know and what I've experienced firsthand.
0: When did that come to mind of like giving yourself permission to do that? Because this has been part of your story since I've known you, but you weren't focused on it in your practice.
1: No, I really wasn't. Um, For a while, I think I I wanted to hide it. I think I I didn't want to hide that I was getting divorced, but I think I was going through the process. You were
0: not healed,
1: per se? Uh, Yeah. I didn't heal um, until, like, October. Hmm. And I think that there's still days. You know, I'm still living in the same home. Mm-hmm. I've redesigned it, but it's it's still I'm still living in the same home. So you're still going to have those memories. Thank goodness it was a good marriage. Um and there's a lot of more, definitely the good outweighs the bad. Uh but I just um I, I want to be able to help others and I never would have thought if you would have said me, are you ever gonna do this? I would have said, <laughs> Heck no. I- <laughs> yeah um no and I wouldn't have wanted to do an interview about marriage you know I can remember people want to no Mm -mm. no thank you I'm good you know um but again I'm not against marriage it's just the idea I believe in marriage I truly do I believe in the idea of people being married and, and having that uh that uh bond um but that's not where I was for a really long time. I mean, I always have been there, but not the idea of of uh, being able to talk about it and definitely be able to
0: develop something that would help others. So let's talk about how you help people. You do one-on-one work in your office. I do. I do virtual
1: one-on-one, um, and uh, I, I very much enjoy that. Oh, you're doing uh, virtual too? I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, I'm actually doing more virtual work on divorce and thrive than I am in my office. So that's, that's very cool.
0: Those of you um, that can't see my face, no one would be able <laughs> to see my face. But I'm just nodding and smiling. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. That's <laughs> great. I love it. Uh-huh. Um, so you've got virtual, wait, so are you still seeing kids in the office?
1: Um, I don't see as many children as I used to because I
0: provide those to my, you know, my intern. Uh And then you have your intern who's doing stuff Uh and then you're doing virtual. Are you doing therapy or are you doing coaching?
1: Coaching, Divorce and Thrive is coaching. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and, um, I have been known to do therapy online, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) as needed.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Um, but, uh... But yeah, so I have, I have, I I, I don't want to say I have it all, but I do have it all. (laughs) But it was one of those things that just kind of evolved. It wasn't one of those things that was like, um, okay, so now I'm going to, you know, it was kind of out of necessity and then, yeah, that's how it
0: kind of worked out. So what, with Divorce and Thrive, you're doing one-on-one, what other kinds of things are you doing with it right now or have planned? Oh, Kelly, so excited.
1: So I have this wonderful, uh, plan that's, that's coming about. And, um, every day I get much, you know, one more puzzle piece. And so it's just like, oh, so exciting. Um, so I am building the Divorce and Thrive
0: Academy. Cool. (laughs) I I don't know this guys. Like I, I, (laughs) so this is the first time I've heard of it.
1: Cool. You know, because I've never said it out loud, really. Um, There are very few people. People that I'm working with are the only ones that know. Wow. Um, Divorce and Thrive Academy is going to be a set of videos as well as um, live uh, interaction with myself Mm -hmm. and worksheets. And then it's going to be working into step up into um, one-on-ones as well as um, like VIP where there's going to be other, other yep. things that are going to be offered as well.
0: So it's basically an online support and tool academy to help with going through divorce. And then you can get more and more yes one-on-one services with you.
1: Yes. So And it's eight weeks. And um, I will say that it started out to be a Zippy course. And then I sat down with myself and I said, self, do you remember when you were going through your divorce and you couldn't even read a magazine to keep your like, you know, brain focused enough? So what do you think you're doing? And so I decided that I was going to do so Ernesto and I are getting together and we're going to, he's going to do my videos. Cool. And he's going to build, um, I do have a website that's um, almost complete as well. Um, but we're just putting all the little, since I'm coming up with all this stuff that, so that's going to, you know, feed on that. Um, I think that I'm in shock in all honesty when I think about, wow, I have a website and wow, I'm going to have this and, you know, cause a lot of times it, it doesn't really flat, you know, come out of my brain that this is how this is all evolving. Something that was maybe embarrassing as a failure, Mm. It's gonna turn into a an amazing, hopefully, thing to help other people.
0: That's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. And this has all been in the past couple of years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Last year and a half. Um, i uh, well, Yeah, last year and a half I passed my board exam. I went to was often conference. I started my corporation. I've seen clients, um, I quit my jobs, the other jobs that I needed for my support. And I've now started Divorce and Thrive.
0: If that's not inspiring, I don't know what is. (laughs) And I support
1: myself, which is amazing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, of course I have my support of my tribe and, and, and friends and family, but, uh, Financially,
0: that's a big deal because I hear it a lot. I'm a single mom. I'm divorced as just, or I'm just single. Like how can hey, I do we're this? we're going to count Benny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. He's very helpful in the income department right now. He's expensive. <laughs> so. He's looking
1: at me like you talking to me. Yes. I'm talking about you. He's expensive. No. So, um,
0: yeah. I think I, I'm hoping people are also hearing that from you. Is that that um, it it can be done? Well, you know, adversity. There's there's that that
1: idea that you can let it take you down, mm-hmm. or you can become more empowered, or become or or <laughs> resonate your power that you've always had. You mm-hmm. know, it depends on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to October I gave myself about 2 days to to uh how do you want to say to heal or to basically grieve my relationship um but I attended a conference with uh Joe Meerhead um in October in in San Francisco and um it was called this the part of it was being on the, the hot seat
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh so, yeah, I don't even know where that came from. But we basically found out that I hadn't given myself time to grieve my 27-year relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I cried for four straight hours. And I didn't make it to dinner that night. And I had a sourdough toast and a banana split for dinner. <laughs> and um, the next day I went back to the conference and... Hadn't not really shed a tear about it since it was just really
0: exactly what I needed. Very cathartic. Jojo's oh. Jojo's good with that stuff. Jojo you that know her. They
1: had us all, poor baby. And she was just like, but am I gonna be able
0: to put them back together? You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Definitely got in there. Good. Okay. So if people want to check you out, if they uh, wanna say hello, how can they find you? Well, um, my website should be very close. It should be days away.
1: Um, It's uh, divorceandthrive.com. You can reach me by email at mia at divorceandthrive.com. Also, my website for my counseling uh, is Um, (laughs) counselingmerced.com. And uh, let's see. That's about it. I mean, psychology today, you know, <laughs> which is how I get a lot of my business here in my little town of Merced, um, which is so funny because, you know, with when we went to Most Awesome Conference, meeting so many people from so many places, I'm like, I'm from a little cow town, you
0: know? <laughs> but Miranda was from that little cow town. <laughs> yes, yeah, she was a little cow town, too. So, yes, <laughs> we have it, so. You weren't alone. I was not alone at all. Mia, thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it, and um, I was so glad because I asked asked people, I'm like, who wants to share their story? And you volunteered, and I was excited because I knew, like, there are other people that are going through serious relationship changes, Um, just a lot of the stuff that you hit on that I know will be blessed by just hearing what you have to say. So thank you, Um, and I'm excited to hear how Divorce and Thrive does.
1: Um, well, thank you for the opportunity, uh, for coming and talking today. And, um, thank you so much for being part of my tribe and helping me, um, be where I am today for the support and the advice that, that you and Miranda and all my other tribe has always given me. I really appreciate it very much. And, um, I, I do honor the fact that I would never be where I am right now without it.
0: Thanks. You're going (laughs) to make me cry.
1: (laughs) Without a doubt. Thank you.